Life Church, so great to be with you today. So honored to bring God's word. It was, we're in the second part of this series, uh, The Death of Me, as we began to walk through Romans chapter seven. We looked at the first several verses of chapter seven last week. Today, we're gonna pick up in Romans chapter seven, verse seven, and we're gonna be walking through verse 25 today. We're, we're, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna discover that the law doesn't nor can it bring victory against sin and death in our life. Instead, it's the grace of God that gives victory. Now, let me warn you at, at the very beginning of this, this message, even just reading the text, which we're going to do, it can feel very much like a termite in a yo-yo. It's like around and around, kind of like, hey, I'm a ball lost in high weeds. Like, what's going on here? So what I wanna do is I wanna take a passage of scripture that feels very intense because it is, and it feels somewhat confusing because it kind of is, and I want to try to simplify it. I'm not watering it down. I'm not dumbing it down. I don't have the time to lecture and to basically take an hour or two hours to walk through word by word, phrase by phrase, and pick this apart, but I wanna give you the essence of what it's saying. So that in no way is going to water it down. It's just gonna go only so deep in this, but I think we're going to find the hope, the encouragement of what God's word says. So whether you are brand new in your faith in Jesus Christ, whether you're even kicking tires on thing called faith in Jesus, or whether you've been saved for a long time, I think there are some truths today that Paul is writing in Romans chapter seven, starting in verse seven, that are going to be either highlighted or illuminated to you or kind of come to life because this is where we all live. This is the, I want to overcome sin and death and I wanna live for Jesus, but it feels like I've got this struggle. I've got this, like there, it's, it's, there's this angst, there's this frustration, there's this, I don't know what to do. We've all experienced that. We all experience that. As long as we're clothed in these bodies, we're going to face some of that frustration. Paul talks about how do you deal with it? That's what I wanna do. I wanna give you keys and I wanna give you uh, statements and to understand it, but also to apply it so that it brings life change to you. Let's begin reading Romans chapter seven, starting in verse seven. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known that sin or what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said you should not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead, verse 9. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang into my life and I died. Verse 10, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. Verse 12, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. But did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it is used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Are you confused yet? Just keep reading. Look at verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, 
but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. For I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I want to do, excuse me, let me start back at verse 16. And if I do what I do not want to do, I disagree, or excuse me, I agree that the law is good. I mean, it's even hard reading it, isn't it? Look at verse 17. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Anybody else ever feel that way? Oh yes, look at verse 19. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Again, I don't care where you are on your journey, we all live in verse 18 and 19 from time to time. Verse 20, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Verse 21, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. If you read that passage, and when you get done reading that passage, you go, okay, great, let's go to the next chapter. <laughs> because quite frankly, it's a little confusing. You're in great company. Because again, even as I am working on this message and preparing this message, it's a little bit like, you know, Chester Cheetah kind of, I, 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 like, it's just like, what's going on? What is he saying? Uh, and so Romans 7 I wanna unpack this for you because Romans seven has been described as Paul's self-portrait. Paul uses the pronoun, the personal pronoun I, almost 30 times in this passage. If, if this was Paul's self-portrait, below that beautiful self-portrait hanging in the art gallery of heaven would be a, would be a little brass nameplate that would, would say wretched man. Verse 24, when Paul says, I am a wretched man. That word wretched means suffering, afflicted, miserable. It's the way a fighter would look after 15 rounds in the, in, in the ring with another heavyweight contender. This is how Paul describes himself. Now, before I get into four statements that expresses what Paul is saying, I wanna say this. That feeling of what I don't wanna do, I do, and what I do wanna do, I don't do. And there's this struggle and this war inside of me that feels like I am miserable, suffering, I'm a wretched man. If Paul, who under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God used to write most of the New Testament, feels that way, that's how he would express his own inner struggle, it should make you and I have a collective sigh of, <sighs> wherever you are, whether you're watching at a campus, whether you are at home, it's like, okay, I'm a good company. Now, misery likes company, we know that. So if I'm suffering, it's nice to know somebody else is suffering, I'm not doing this alone. And Paul kind of gives us that, but Paul also gives us an understanding and a framework because he ends it, verse 25, in a very positive way that Jesus is the one that helps me overcome. So what is exactly is he saying and how does this work in my life as a Christ follower? 
So again, whether you're looking to come to faith in Jesus Christ and you're checking this out, this will explain when you give your life to Christ, what begins to happen, what happens and what doesn't happen, what your responsibility is and what God's responsibility is. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're new in your faith, this will begin to explain the struggle of what I don't wanna do, I do. What I do wanna do, I don't do. It will also, if you've been walking with Jesus for very long, remind you that you and I all have feet of clay and that there are none of us that are righteous on our own, no, not one. It's him that is righteous. It's his righteousness that atones for our sins. So let me give you four statements to express and kind of encapsulate what Paul's saying here. First of all, the first statement is this, the law is good. The law is good. Now I know he'll make statements that will say, but it's this law working against me. It's this law that's sinful. It's a, no, 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 he doesn't say the law is sinful, but it, it, it's like, well, maybe the law is what's wrong. Maybe I need to be done with the law. He says, no, the law is good. As you look at verses seven through verse 12, I won't reread it for time, but the law is good. So when he says law, and we explained a little bit of this earlier, but uh, last week, but, but the law is God's standard expressed through the commands in his word. The law is God's standard. God's expectation upon us expressed through the commands in his word. It's the 10 commandments. It's the law that God gave to Moses. It's, 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 it's all the teachings of Jesus. It's for us, it would be his word. Genesis through Revelation. All of the commands that God gives us and how we should live and what we should do and how we should work and what happens, that's the law. That's good. Why is the law good? Beginning of Romans 7, he, he expresses this, that the law accomplishes two things in our life. First of all, it exposes our sin. The law shows us this is what God expects, and this is where you come in. This is the standard. This is, this is, this is you. This difference between the two of these two places, that's where grace shows up. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But the law, if there's not a standard, then we're all great. If there's no grading, it's kind of like, hey, there's no winners, there's no winner's bracket, it's just everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> well, that doesn't work, right? Uh, it, that, that, just, that, that just kind of produces a softness across the, across the playing field. No, there are winners and, and, there, and there is a standard, there is an expectation and God sets that expectation. But, and so, 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 but what it does is it exposes, this is our, this is us trying to meet the standard. This is God's standard. This is where we fall short. This is our sin that keeps us here instead of being here. We're trying to be here at God's standard, but the truth of the matter is we're here. Why? It's our sin. It exposes our sin. It also exposes our sinfulness. Well, what's the difference between sin and sinfulness? Sin is that which I've done. Sinfulness is that which I have the ability to do. Sin is that which I've committed. Sinfulness is that which I have the ability to go down that path. It's kind of like the, the movie with Tom Cruise, The Minority Report. It's, it's that this is what I'm probably going to do. That's my sinfulness. Sin is that which I've done. It exposes that. The law raises our sinful nature into action by which demonstrating our inability to self-help and it proves our need for God in order to bring life change. See, again, God's standard is here. This is us on our best day. That difference, we can't make up that difference in and of ourselves. We can't white knuckle our way up to God's standard. We, we can't grit our way up to God's standard. We can't merit and earn our way up to God's standard. No, because sin is what keeps us down. That what I want to do, I don't do. That, that which is good, I'm not accomplishing. 
The law shows us that, that we, it's this sinful nature that Paul calls the flesh. It, it, the, the, the sinful nature, the flesh, it, it, it represents our state of humanity, that you and I, when we're born into this world, we're born into this sinful nature, we're born into this flesh, we're born into a fallen state of humanity. And so again, there's God's standard, his law, here we are, even from day one, and even on our best days. And yeah, there are days we go lower, but even on our very best days, we're right here. We can't change us. You can't change you. As you're gonna see, only God's grace can change you. That's what Paul's saying. I can't grip myself. I can't discipline myself. I can't, it's gonna be his grace. So the law, it's good, because it shows us, hey man, this is what we gotta get up to. Because if we stay here, right, and we don't meet his standard, we don't go to heaven. If we stay here and we don't meet the standard, we, 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 well, we don't do what he's asking us to do. We don't accomplish all that we can. We don't live and move and have our being the way that we're supposed to. So this is good, this isn't bad, but it shows us how far we have to go. Now, second statement, the law cannot save you. The law cannot save you. Let's look back at verse 12 and verse 13. I wanna read this, the law cannot save you. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Verse 13, so did that which is good then become death to me? That standard, is that death to me? No, by no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized, remember God's standard where you and I are, the difference, that sin might be recognized as sin, it is used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. That I truly understand that this is God's standard and this is where I am and it really exposes the sin, but it also shows me that this will never be able to bring me up to this. The standard never brings me up to it. I, I, I can't get myself up there, nor can the law bring me up to that. See, the law is good for its intended purpose, which is to call us to account for our sin but the law cannot save you. So you gotta think of the law like an MRI machine for your soul. You know, if you go, if they think that you have cancer in your body, uh, they'll take you to a clinic and you'll go to the hospital and they'll put you in this MRI machine and it will scan whatever part of your body or your entire body and it will begin to expose and point out any of the areas where there's cancer and this is what's going on. It gives us a, an internal look of what's happening. That's what the law does. The law is like a, a, an MRI machine for our soul. It points out and exposes our sin. The law doesn't cause death, nor does the MRI machine cause cancer. It just simply exposes. The law is a diagnostic tool, not the solution. That's what Paul wants us to understand. Because here's what people were doing in the first century and we try to do it today. If I check all the boxes, if I make God happy, if I follow all the commands, if I do everything just right, then I'll be perfect. And the truth of the matter is the law is here and we will never be higher than here. We may be lower, but we're never gonna be higher than here. And on our best days, the Bible says, our righteousness is, a, is as a filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. And so the truth of the matter is, all this does is it doesn't save us, it just exposes. It just simply brings about the difference, the depravity, the sin, the sinfulness, the ability that we have. And so it does, it's not our salvation. So we're not trying to be perfect. 
It's going to sound a bit like in a minute, like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth and I'm not. Well, I thought we were trying to follow Jesus. Yes, we are. Yes, we're, we're trying to fulfill God's word. It's, it's important because again, by reading God's word, by understanding God's word, we, we, we go higher. But, but the truth of the matter is on our best days, we're still gonna come short. So we're gonna talk about what makes up that difference in just a minute. But just understand the Bible alone, information doesn't save you. The Bible, you can read the Bible from, from, from Genesis to the maps at the end. It doesn't save you. It's just information. It's a diagnostic tool. It's an MRI for your soul. Is it powerful? Yes. Is it helpful? Oh, yes. Can it, can, can it bring about an exposure of truth that will ultimately save your life? Yes. But that machine will not save you. It just simply exposes the sin and the depravity that's there. Third statement, we are not under the law. It's just a standard. Verses 14 through 23 began to explain this. And I want to read verses 21 through 23. But I want you to understand we're not under this law. The law is still the standard. And we know that when Jesus came, Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled the law. But in following Jesus, well, I want to get ahead of myself. Look at verse 21. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. The flesh, AKA the sin nature, AKA fallen humanity is opposite of the spirit and therefore a struggle ensues. The struggle is that I have my flesh, my fallen sinful nature, and it continues to want to serve sin. So prior to coming to faith in Jesus Christ, that's what it does. It's all about me, it's all about I, it's all about, I don't care about anything else. I, it's, a, it's about what I want, my way right away now. It's like a toddler, that's how we are. She's why Jesus said to love your neighbor as you love yourself, because you will never love anybody more than you love you. But my spirit, my soul, that the, law has, that the law in my life has shown me that this is me, where I'm at, this is the difference, it's exposed my sin. And so I come to Jesus and I just go, Jesus, this is what your law says, this is what your word says, this is what your commands say, how I'm supposed to live my life. But as much as I try and as good as I try, this is as good as I can get, this is as high as I can, as, as I can go. In that moment, my, I give my life to Christ and my spirit is redeemed. My, my spirit, man, my soul is redeemed. It's completely uh, reborn. Uh, Jesus says you're born again in essence. And so I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, but that spirit inside of me that will live forever, this body will pass away one day, amen. I don't have to worry about how many Oreos I eat. Can I get a witness in the house? This body will pass away, but the spirit is redeemed. But this spirit, as long as I live, is housed in this body. This body that's fallen sinful nature that wants to serve sin houses this redeemed spirit that so wants to serve God. And therefore there's a struggle. So when he says, hey, the things that I don't wanna do, I do. And the things that I do wanna do, I don't do. The struggle, why? Because the fallen sinful nature of, of man my flesh houses this redeemed spiritual individual. Now I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because you struggle from time to time does not make you a horrible, terrible person for which Jesus doesn't work. The struggle only shows that you are human. 
So don't think, well, man, I've been trying and trying and I just can't get it. You're never going to get it. Well, should I just quit? No, 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 no. Because again, it's the struggle that produces strength in our life. It's the more that we work the spirit, man, the more that we stay in God's word, the more that we're in relationship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, the more that we're serving our world and doing what Jesus called us to do, the stronger our spirit man gets and the weaker our flesh gets. The weak, the flesh will always be there until we go to heaven. That's our eternal reward where we will never have to deal with the struggle between the standard and our best days, this gap. So, but until then, there is this struggle and the struggle only shows that you're human. I've heard people say, well, I've tried this Jesus thing before and I've tried it, it just doesn't work for me. No, 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 you don't get to try it. This isn't like a 30 day trial or 90 day trial. You don't like this or that, you can send it back. And what, no, no, it's a deal of saying, look, this Paul says, the reason why you feel like you're not getting to do what you wanna do is because there's God's standard that's at war with the spirit of God that's inside of you. So what makes up this difference? This last statement, we are under grace. Verse 24 and verse 25. The difference between the standard, God's law, and us is Jesus. This, this space right here, this is grace. Grace, the unmerited, so it's unearned favor of God, elevates me to be able to go, this is the standard, this is how I meet it. Do I meet it on my own? No. Do I meet it through the law? No, the law just shows my own sin. But what makes up the sin? What, what, cause see my sin is what keeps pushing me down. So what makes up this difference? It's Jesus, it's grace. This is how this works. Once as a Christ follower has died to sin in Christ, their relationship with the law has forever changed because God gave the law to confront our sin and demonstrate our need for salvation. So what's the goal as a Christ follower? Perfection? No, that's what the law demands. Chuck Swindoll says it this way, untainted morality vanished in Eden. Untainted morality vanished in Eden. You and I will never be perfect. I, I'm telling you, the longer I live and the more I serve Jesus, the more I am aware of that gap, <laughs> right? I just am. The more my, my humanity shows out, and the more I got to work. That's what Paul, remember Paul's writing these words in verse 24, he said, what a wretched man I am. This is a man who is giving his life. He is, he's going to physically give his life as a martyr. And, and, and he's saying, I'm a wretched man. I, I'm afflicted, I'm miserable because it's this, it's this struggle. It's this difference right here between me on my best days and what the standard is. And, and so when I try to make this up, I can't. That's why people quit and leave church. That's why they say, well, Jesus doesn't work because here's the standard and here's how I can do. So apparently I just am never going to be good enough. You're never going to be good enough. So quit trying to be perfect, but you lean on his grace. That's what makes a difference. That's why God gave it to you. That's why God gave you and I grace. He gave us grace. So don't waste it. Use it. If you and I did not need grace, if we could meet the standard on our own, he would have never given his one and only son to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven, to come to this earth, clothe himself in humanity, make of himself no reputation and live and die on the cross for our sins and be raised from the dead, just like the Bible says. But because you and I are only gonna be here and his standard is here, Jesus is what makes up that difference. That's grace. We are saved by grace. We are sanctified by our work, 
So out of our grace that Jesus Christ comes and changes in our heart and our life, because he's done this for us, we love him. Therefore, we want to follow him. So I want to keep the law. I want to keep the standard. My heart is to keep God's word. Why? Because God so loved me. God so blessed me. Because God made up the difference so that I don't have to go to hell. Because God doesn't send people to hell. My sin sends me to hell. That difference between what the standard is and where I am, that difference is what makes up the difference. That, that's what sends me to hell, my sin. But God said, I will send a redeemer. I will send my one and only son to make up that difference for you. That's grace. You didn't earn it. You're not good enough for it. You never will be. You'll never be able to grit your way or discipline your way or work your way to that level. No, 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 no. You are, but you are saved by grace, but because Jesus has so loved you and because God has so graciously given his son, you want to follow him. And so your work, your labor, all the things that you do in the name of Jesus, you do because of grace. Not to try to be perfect, because you can never do that, but because he's made the difference, you so want to follow him. This is the point of Paul's self-portrait in, in Romans 7. It demonstrates that humanity, I want you to hear this statement, cannot purify itself of sin after salvation any more than before. Humanity cannot purify itself after salvation any more than before. So when I give my heart and life to Jesus Christ, I'm not all of a sudden superhuman. I'm not all of a sudden super good. I'm not all of a sudden super perfect. Oh, my sins have been washed away. And maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's something that God has miraculously provided in my life. But for some of us, the same addictions and the same things are still there. What, what's the difference? Then why would I do that? Because if my addictions, if my sin hold me down to here and this is the law and the standard, then, then, then why? Because his grace is what helps you overcome the addiction. His grace is what helps you overcome the sin. His grace is what helps you overcome the shortcoming. His grace. And so I'm wretched because I'm fighting this out. I'm duking this out. I'm doing this. I'm wanting to be more like Jesus. But the truth of the matter is I can't grip my way. I have to surrender to his grace. I have to die to myself, me. Die to myself, say I'm not good enough. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And the only way I am gonna be able to meet God's standard it's through acceptance of Jesus Christ that the grace that he gives, that's it. Only God can purify you and only grace can help you overcome and win the struggle of what I don't wanna do, I do, and what I do wanna do, I don't do, and therefore there is this war inside of me. So today I wanna end with prayer. I, I wanna end with prayer for grace. Maybe you're far away from God and you need salvation. You recognize that this is God's standard and this is where you are. I'm gonna give you an opportunity in just a minute just to pray with me. And you're gonna receive the grace of Jesus Christ and it's going to make up the difference that you're gonna be in right relationship with God so that you can live this life to the full and overcome this flesh because you can't do it anymore on yourself after than you could before, but you can through him. Maybe today you just need forgiveness. Maybe you're a Christ follower and you've been just trying and pushing instead of just give it to God, just fall into his arms of grace. Maybe you've just been trying to be perfect 
and you need to confess, God, that I've been trying to meet your standard and I just keep falling short. Forgive me and help me just to trust in you. Because what happens when we try to be perfect is we're trusting in us instead of in Jesus. So will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Everyone, wherever you are, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? And if you're in need of salvation, you're a sinner and you need Jesus and you want salvation, you want to receive that grace, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Praying the prayer won't save you if you just pray these words, but, it, but if you believe the words you're about to pray, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, you will be saved. And then at the end of that, I'm going to end it with a prayer for God to give you grace in your own life as a Christ follower. Let's pray. Pray these words with me. Wherever you are, out loud, please pray these words with me. And if you're, if you're at a campus and, and you're seeing this live um, and, and here, uh, please lift your voice and repeat these words after me and lend your voice with people that we pray in this prayer for the very first time. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior today. I recognize God's standard and I recognize that I come short. And I know that the only thing that makes up the difference is Jesus. So I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, be my Lord and be my savior today. I accept you, Jesus, God's gift of grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, Father, I pray for all those that have just prayed that prayer for the very first time, wherever they are, that you would just let the joy of the Lord just fill their hearts, let the peace of God that passes understanding be theirs. And I pray for all of those who are Christ followers, who are struggling with what I don't wanna do, I do, and what I do wanna do, I don't do in this struggle, that we will lean on your grace. Quit trying to white knuckle our way through it. Quit trying to grit our way through it. Quit trying for us to change us. We can't change us, only you can change us. Let us listen to your voice, Holy Spirit, and do your work. Follow your lead, Holy Spirit, and rely and lean on your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.